Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Earn on things like gas, groceries, and even that midday latte. And to top it off, there are no fees, period. Yep, that means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank. Member FDIC. So I'm freaking out in that classroom. My heart's beating out of my chest. Even talking about it, my mouth is getting dry. And so I leave. Yeah, I just, no. I just totally just, I couldn't, because I, I can't even talk. And there are these, there's a fountain outside because I can't even go back to my dorm room because, you know, my friends will make fun of me or whatever. So I'm just like meditating, trying to get a grip. And when I'm meditating, I hear this voice inside my head and it's my mom's. And I won't tell you exactly what she said, but the essence was a hundred people came out. You promised to do this for them. You're disappointing them and you're disappointing me kind of message. And I'm doing this walking meditation back to my dorm room and I stop and I take one step back to the classroom. And that's why I say one step in another direction totally changes your destination. Because if I didn't do that, I wouldn't be here with you today. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. I don't usually take people back, but I would love to kind of tell the story of how you even got into this particular business because I'm not sure if I remember that part of your story. You know, as a brain coach, it's not something I knew was an option, you know, for occupation. (laughs) My inspiration was my desperation. I, in kindergarten class, there was this, I remember one day there was all these sirens outside and then the kids could look outside the window to see the commotion because we're so small. And so we all grab our, you know, our chairs. And I remember standing on my chair, looking at the fire trucks and the, you know, the firefighters do their thing. And I took this, I lost my balance and I went head first into a radiator 
and uh, it was uh, rushed to the emergency room, covered in blood. And my parents afterwards, they they noted that my personality had changed. Where before I was very curious, very energized, very playful. At five years old, I became very shut down. And uh, where I really showed up was in school. I had processing issues where teachers would repeat themselves like three, four, five times. And I would pretend to understand, but I didn't really understand. I had poor focus, a poor memory. It took me uh, over three years longer just to learn how to read. So that was embarrassing. I remember when I was nine years old, I was, uh, I was being teased for my learning difficulties. I was slowing down the class by the other kids and a teacher came to my defense. But all I remember her saying, she pointed to me from the whole class and said, leave that kid alone. He's the boy with the broken brain. And that, um, that, 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 that was very, you know, I, I, it makes me like get a little choked up thinking about it, but I was, uh, I didn't know I was broken. So every single time I did badly in school, which was every week, I struggled. I would say, oh, because I have the broken brain. That mm-hmm. became my, you know, Your adults, mantra, yeah. yeah. Adults have to be very careful of their external words because they often become a child's internal words. Absolutely. Yeah. So that, that, that was me. Every time I was in pick for sports, I would say, oh, because I'm the broken one. And, and I went through that all through school. You know, eventually when I was 18, I found a mentor, put me on the right track. And, uh, and I learned all about the power of the brain. And I started studying learning because I always thought it was interesting in school where they teach you what to learn, like math and history, science, Spanish. But there are zero classes, Rachel, on, on how, to, how learn. to learn. No classes like how to focus or concentrate or remember things or think better. Um, so I've dedicated my life. Uh, when people see me on stage and I do these demonstrations where, I don't know, I'll have like 100 people stand up and pass around a microphone and introduce themselves and I, and I memorize their names. I always tell people that I don't do this to impress you. I do this really to express to you what's possible. Because the truth is every single person listening right now, they could do that and a whole lot more. And I know most people are going to have this belief saying, no, I'm too old or I'm not smart enough. Even at events, I just came from an event speaking and people are like, oh, one person's particularly, this woman came up to me and said, I know you're a memory expert. I'm so glad you're here. I'm just, I'm just not that smart. I have a horrible memory. And I remember just saying, stop. If you fight for your limitations, you get to keep them. You know, if you fight for your limits, they're yours. So because I grew up with that label and I also lost my grandmother a couple years after my accident to Alzheimer's, you know, it really informed what I do today. I'm very passionate about brain health. Um, We donated all the proceeds to build schools for children in need, you know, girls and boys in Ghana, Guatemala, Kenya, uh, research for women. Women are twice as likely to experience Alzheimer's than men. Really? Why is that? Well, that's what the research uh, is trying, is to, trying figure to figure out. out. And it's interesting because a lot of the uh, research is done on male brains for Alzheimer's and treatments on, yeah, very much them. so. Yeah, Part of it has to do what they think is part of the um, hormone changes, you know, and, and the brain. But, you know, losing my grandmother, my parents had immigrated to the States and, you know, had many jobs. And we live in the back of a laundromat that my mom worked at. So my grandmother was like my everything because she would take care of me. So it was... It was hard for people who haven't had that experience, having a family member go through it, where she calls me by my father's name or she repeated herself, something she just said 30 seconds ago. It's very uh, curious when you're when you're six or seven watching that. Yeah. Yeah. So when you had the accident as a little boy and you your parents saw this change in you, did they recognize 
that it was because of yeah. traumatic brain injury. So they knew something had happened. Yeah, and back then, I'm I'm in my fifties now, so I've been doing this over well over thirty years. But you know, back then there was not a lot of education around that, and also like scanning and such like. But yeah, the the big change was in my personality, and then also my my mom became a special education teacher because she was she wanted to help me so much and wow. then help other people struggling with learning difficulties. I realized though, it's not, it's not how smart you are. It's really, how are you smart? You Interesting. Know, Can how, you expand on that? Yeah. So it's not how smart your significant other is or your team is or your kids are. It's how are they smart? And I feel like that everybody has a different way of expressing talent and genius. It's tough in school sometimes because it tends to be very like, okay, these are the two boxes that we, you know, respect or we reinforce. Like even if you look at standardized tests, like the SAT, it was like verbal, linguistic, and mathematical, right? That was the, the two parts of the test. And the research shows there's, there's actually many forms of intelligence. I mean, Howard Gardner's work out of uh, Harvard says, yeah, what about interpersonal intelligence? People like yourself are just amazing with people, right? Connecting with individuals, great communicators. What about kinesthetic intelligence? You know, the great uh, uh, athletes, yeah. martial artists, dancers. What about yeah. musical intelligence, visual, spatial intelligence? You have your artists. And, uh, and the other thing is not only is it not limited just to two intelligence, but all those intelligences research shows can be enhanced too. So it's not fixed. And I, I find that so understanding neuroplasticity, neurogenesis, that your brain can grow older, but it can make new connections with novelty and new and new learnings and, and a proper nutrition, then um, you know, the, the mind is the ultimate adaptation tool that we have. It's like our real superpower. And I really feel like if knowledge is power, then really learning is our superpower. And it's a superpower we all have. And it expresses itself in different ways. And we all have a preferred way of learning and thinking, just like we have a preferred way of, of, of writing. You know, some people use the right, you know, the right dominant, but that doesn't mean they don't use their left hand. But if they try to learn something with their left hand and they're not, you know, left-handed, it would take longer to write, right? It would feel uncomfortable. Yeah, the quality might not be as good, but that's how some people learn. They're trying to learn with the opposite hand. And so it takes longer. Ooh, it feels uncomfortable. That's a good analogy. Yeah. And the quality is not quite, a, the fidelity is not quite as good. I think about my son. I have four kids. And I'm thinking as you're speaking about how each one of them has a totally different kind of intelligence. Yeah. Uh, particularly, I'm thinking of my oldest son, who is the most studious, straight A student, cares deeply about education. And then his little brother, who is 11, who is an artist, like to it, wow. like look it up in the dictionary, that's who's underneath it. And I caught myself last night, my 11-year-old was showing me his grades. He was like, mom, look at my grades. And of course, it's like A, 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 B, B, C, right? And so for me, my brain, I'm like, I've read every parenting book and I know not to do this, but my instinct was, mm. how do we get the C up? And the C is in Spanish. It's right. his first time taking a language and he's really struggling. He like cannot wrap his mind around a language. But if you asked him, I mean, the art in this room is hit. Like if you asked him to paint something, to make a mm. sculpture, to do anything, he's brilliant. And so I think for not just parents listening, but for those of us who are still trying to parent ourselves well, do you encourage your, your clients or the people that you speak with, do you encourage us to really lean into the thing we're already smart yeah. or do you 
don't know, try and like come up in these areas. How do you guide your clients? Yeah, it would really be, so I'm very outcome-based, um, meaning that it would depend where the, what, they, what they're thriving for, right, and striving right. for. So, you know, there's exactly those two schools. You either, you know, lean all into your strengths, you know, or handle those weaknesses or surround yourself with people that could compensate. We, I created uh, with my clients a brain assessment that I've been using for years. And just like there's personalized medicine based on someone's genetics and there's personalized nutrition based on someone's microbiome, I believe that there could be personalized learning based on their cognitive type. I pulled from creating this uh, protocol from personality types like Myers-Briggs, uh, lateral thinking, you know, dominance, left brain, right brain, multiple intelligence theory, which I was talking about before, introvert, extrovert, uh, all different ways of thinking. And and I realized that people fall in usually four buckets and I made them animals yeah, to make it fun. I'm a cheetah. Oh, I yes. found, I took the test yes. yesterday. I don't know what that means, but that is what I am. Yeah, and this is wonderful. So we could, we could go through it, but it's a brain code. And so C-O-D-E. So the first animal is C is the cheetah. And your cheetah are your fast actors that they, they, they implement it very fast. They, they are very dynamic. They adapt very quickly and thrive in, in ever-changing environments. Um, and no one's just one animal, you know, we're always, we're all composite, but we usually have a primary and a secondary. They have very strong intuition. Uh, the O in code is, stands for an owl and an owl are you, the people who love uh, logic. They, they love data you know, facts and figures and formulas. And just think about it, a cheetah and an owl, they would invest differently, right? They would they would sell differently, they would act differently, they'd communicate a little differently also yeah, definitely. as well. But they certainly would learn differently and think differently. The uh, DN code are your dolphins and your dolphins are your creatives, like maybe your son. If, if they take the assessment, it only takes four minutes and but they 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 picture things. They have, they have an amazing imagination uh, great pattern recognition also as well. And knowing that if that was the case, then I would use visual strategies to, to help them with learning a language, mm-hmm. you know, help them to visualize the words like uh, huevos or, you know, eggs and just imagine eggs going into the waves or something fun like yeah. that for children, because that would be akin to their learning style. Because sometimes the way a teacher teaches is different than a student learns. And it's like, two ships in the night, you pass each other and you don't even recognize the other one's there and there's no connection, right? So I, I believe that if there are learning difficulties then they're definitely teaching difficulties also as well. And then finally, the E in code are your elephants and your elephants are very tribal. They, they love uh, community, they, they have high levels of empathy, uh, they're very loyal um, and they bring people together. So even if you were to go through this and I don't know, a famous show like you can take Star Wars or, or Friends. So, so if I was to go at Friends, right, the the uh, the television show, then I would say that Ross would be an owl, right? Yeah. yeah so uh, very do research professor, um, you know, in science. And then Joey for me would be like a cheetah, you know, just intuition acts in the moment. I would say Phoebe would be the creative dolphin. Yeah. You know, the, the the visionary, the musician. And then Monica would be an elephant bringing, you know, always wants to host and, and, you know, be the center and bring everyone together. But these are gross generalizations, but they're also patterns. I I believe genius leaves clues. And like, if somebody is magnificent as something, 
that there's always a method behind what looks like magic. If someone could learn a language really quickly or they're wonderful at remembering people's names or they can read faster, like all the things that we teach, that they're, they're doing something that other people don't realize. So it looks like magic, but they're very learnable skills yeah. for everybody. Almost every morning of my life, I have oatmeal. Seriously, during the winter, having something hot in the morning really makes a big difference in my day. Quaker has been a trusted name in oatmeal for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, or ballpoint pens. Quaker has something for everyone, whether it's old-fashioned or quick oats that are good for cooking or baking. And while a ton of things have changed, the good stuff remains the same. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats at your local grocery store. I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. And I think if you're a parent like me, you understand how important it is to have a kitchen available to you when you have four kids, which is why Airbnb is always the place that I head to just make the vacation easier. And I have always used Airbnb as a place to stay, whether it was for work or family or a girl's weekend. But more and more, my friends are using Airbnb in a totally different way as a business, as a way to invest in property and earn money for it. While you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some extra money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. You're reminding me of so many parts of your book that I implemented after I read it the first time. And the one that still sticks with me today was how to remember people's names, was to sort of create, I just, one of my neighbors this morning when I was out on my walk, you know, hi, Terry, hi, Jake, like her dog. I remember the dog's name before I remember hers, honestly. (laughs) But to, and you will tell us the exact way to do this, but how I remember learning it was to think of a visual Mm -hmm. that would go along with this interaction that I'm having. Terry is the name of my cousin. So when I first met this woman, I imagine my cousin standing on her front lawn. So I always remember that that's Terry's house. And Jake, I just remember because I love dogs. It's very easy (laughs) to get his name. But will you explain that little trick of how we can be better about remembering things we need to remember in the moment? Absolutely. And um, 
And if people wanted to take this quiz, is it okay to show Absolutely. them the link? Absolutely, yeah. yeah, for sure. So it, it's free. There's nothing to buy. It takes four minutes. And this will inform basically to help you to remember things because you'll get a report on how to read faster based on your animal okay. and how to remember things based on your animal. So you receive all the follow-up. So that's at mybrainanimal.com. Mybrainanimal.com. Right. Yeah, I took it yesterday. It takes like four minutes. It's yeah, so it's fast. so, so simple, but it, it, it's very revealing. So, and then you get strategies to enhance your memory based on your animal. But going back to remembering names, I mean, let's first talk about how how important it is, right, in life. I mean, I think it's one of the most important business etiquette, networking skills. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, especially in this day and age where I think we struggle more and more with face-to-face interaction. Yeah. If I have a skill, I haven't always been perfect with names, but I have a very good memory. If, you know, you told me your baby's 10 months old, I will remember the next time I see you. That's amazing. Oh, you know, how's the baby? Like, is it a girl or a boy? A boy. Okay, so is he teething? Like, I'm really good at that personal stuff. And I cannot tell you over the years what a difference that has made. And people are always shocked when I'm like, oh, how's your mom? You know, I know she broke her arm. How's that? Like, it's just such a simple thing, but I feel like we all want to be seen. And someone remembering that about you is, it's just a connection that feels very genuine. And have you always been that way? Yeah, since I was little. Maybe because also like you take a sincere interest in people and you care. Yeah. Right. And there's there's that idea that, that phrase that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. You know, Maya Angelou has a wonderful quote that says, people will forget what you say, they'll forget what you did, but they'll always remember how you made them feel. Yeah. And it's it's in business, especially like, how are you going to show someone you're going to care for their future, their finances, your their family, whatever it has you have to offer them, if you don't care enough just to remember that person, you know, Absolutely. like their name, the things that are important to them, their dog and, yeah. you know, special dates and the things that they hold dear. Yeah, on the other side, I believe two of the most costly words in life are, I forgot. I mean, think about the consequence of saying that uh, repeatedly. I forgot to do it. I forgot the meeting. I forgot what I was going to say. I forgot that conversation I had with that person. I forgot that person's name, all of that. You know, we could lose trust. Uh, We could hurt a relationship, kill a sale. Like We've been in business, certainly. On the other side, memory can make you money and other things also as well. When you can easily remember names and faces and client information and product information, give speeches without having to rely on notes. Yep. I mean, in today's knowledge economy, you know, knowledge is not only power, it's profit. Yeah. And the faster you can learn, the faster you could earn. But um, yeah, so I think names is so very important. I just want to call people out who are listening on this because some people, so many people will say they're not really good at remembering names. But if there was a suitcase here of like a million dollars, and I know you have listeners and you know, all around the world. So whatever the equivalent currency would be, if you just, it's for you, if you just remember the name of the next person you meet, all of a sudden you'll have these memory experts everywhere, right? They'll right. remember names. So I just want to sensitize people as a coach, call people out on their BS, their belief systems, right? Yeah. That it's not, it had nothing to do with your capability. It had everything to do with your motivation. And yeah. I feel like a lot of times people, they're motivated, but they're not connected with that purpose. You know, even something simple, like asking yourself, why do I want to remember this person's name? And maybe it's to show the person some respect or, you know, make, create a relationship, get a referral, practice these things I learned on the podcast. If you can't come up with a reason, you won't get the reward. Yeah. Right. Because if you have a reason, you'll get the result because reasons reap results. So many times things have to go from your head to your heart 
then to your hands. Meaning if you procrastinate, if you're not able to execute with your hands and you have a vision for something in your head, we have to sometimes lean into that heart, the emotion, right? The purpose, because we aren't logical. We, we are biological. You think about dopamine and oxytocin, serotonin, all these endorphins. We are this feeling chemical soup, but just feeling the reasons to remember what you read or remember to apply what you're listening to on the show or remembering someone's name could help just kind of move the needle in, uh, in having greater capabilities and confidence with, with people. Absolutely. I also feel like it's, I've been talking about this a lot this year, how important it is, I think for women especially, to experience moments where you do something you didn't think you were capable of. Yeah, I love because that. even the most simple thing that you're like, I can't believe I just did that, yeah. makes you realize that you truly are a product of your own creation. And if you understand, like if right now someone listening thinks they're terrible with names. And then all of a sudden they shift that in their mind. They start working on it. They start remembering. Yeah. It. I hope, at least for me, I always think, oh my gosh, what else can I do? What else am yeah. I capable of? So it starts with something simple, but that simplicity becomes a foundation of something more. Yeah. I, I love that so much because I, I do think all of it, so many of us shrink what's possible to fit our minds when we should maybe even expand our minds to fit all that's possible. Right. And uh, and when people could do the something they never thought they could do, even if it's small, like you said, yeah. little by little, a little becomes a lot, mm-hmm. right? And it set, sets momentum. Like one step in another direction can completely change, you know, your destination in, in life. You know, so that's why I like to, and we can even do it in this conversation. I could teach your listeners some, you know, something in five minutes and they can impress themselves. Yeah, let's right? do it. Yeah, let's okay. do it. Um, we can make it fun and, and simple and very relevant. I think uh, there's no such thing as a good or bad memory. I find that there's a trained memory and an untrained memory. Mm. And again, it's not really something that's taught back in school. They teach you reading, writing, arithmetic, right? Three R's. Obviously spelling's not one of them because these don't spell, they don't start with an R, but retention and recall. You know, Socrates said again, learning is remembering. Let's talk about uh, brain foods. Okay. Okay. So maybe we could talk about some, we'll use this as an application. Have you ever gone to the store to buy like one thing and you come back with, maybe go to Air One or something, you come yes. back with two bags full of things, except for that one thing yes. that you went to the store for. Absolutely. Right. It's so, it's so embarrassing. And so let's pretend that we're having like a limitless brain party and, and you call up this person saying, hey, while you're out, can you stop by and at the market and pick up these 10 foods? And if, most of the time when you're driving, you can't write things down. So you could do something very simple. So this is a method that I, the largest chapter in Limitless Expanded is on memory enhancement, because I feel like memory is the base for, for everything. There is no learning without remembering, right? And uh, I found out that the ancient Greeks had an incredible... Uh, way of remembering things like poetry and uh, facts and and speeches, and this was back when there was no there were no printing presses, right? There was no tablets, you know, for people to be able to learn from, and so I wanted to find out how they did it. And I I found it, and I wrote that chapter actually in Greece. Just I found out that the the goddess of they have a goddess of memory, and her children are the nine muses. Oh, of science, cool. literature, and art. So all of it came from memory, wow. right? The mother. 
And so here's a technique, they call it the mind palace or the memory palace, where you take a place that you're very familiar with, like your home or your office, your school. Uh, in this case, we'll just take our body because we this is a place we're very familiar with. And we're just going to go top to bottom. And I, I want to encourage everyone to do this. So we'll turn this into a little masterclass for everybody. And so what I want you to do is just imagine the first place is the top of your head. So we could touch the top of our head and, and you could repeat after me, what's the first place? Top. top of my head. Yeah. So we'll call it top. top. And then second place and everyone, this is your verbal memory. So I'm going to ask everybody to say it out loud. Even if you're in a crowd, two is nose. Nose. Okay. Down, uh, we're going down the body. Three is mouth. Mouth. And to the side, four are ears. Ears. And then five is throat. Throat. So there's, again, there's no such thing as a good or bad memory. It's There's a trained memory, an untrained memory. And this is like your brain is like a muscle, even though it's an organ. It's like my shirt says, use it or lose it, right? And it's, you know, we want to exercise our mental muscles. So that's five. Six are our shoulders. So what's six? Shoulders. And then seven is your collar. Good. Collarbone. Yep. yep. Eight are your fingers. Fingers. You can just wiggle your fingers. Nine is your belly. Belly. And then 10 is your bottom. Bottom. All right. So this is the 10 places. So I want, we will repeat it one more time for a quick review. So we go top. Top. And then nose, nose mouth, mouth, ears, ears. This is your throat, throat and then shoulders, shoulders collar, collar, fingers, fingers bottom. Uh, oh, be belly, belly, and bottom. bottom. Yeah, perfect. So that's ten. So the first step is imagine pie. Not that pie is a, a brain food, but P <laughs> is place. You need to find the place. The I in pie is you want to imagine what you want to remember. Because science shows that we tend to remember things better that we can imagine because our visual cortex takes up the most real estate in our brain. And most people are better at what they see. For example, you see someone's face and you remember their face, mm -hmm. but a lot of people forget the name. You go to someone and say, I remember your face, but I forgot your name. Right. You never go to someone and say the opposite. Yeah. You never go to someone yeah. and say, I remember your name, but I forgot your face. Right. right. There's a proverb that says, what I hear, I forget. What I see, I remember. What I do, I understand. What I hear, I forget. I heard the name, I forgot it. Yeah. What I see, I remember. I saw the face, I remember the face. And what I do, going to the power of practice, you really understand. And that's the point of learning anything is to be able to do something, right? And so the second part is imagine. So we're going to talk about the brain foods and I'm just going to take the first, I'm going to talk about my 10 favorite brain foods and we're going to take each one and put it in the place. Okay. And so that's eyes imagine and the E in pie is entwine and entwine is just a fancy word for putting together, right? You're going to put together the place and the image, the P and the I. Mm -hmm. All right. So the first place was what? Top. top. And I want you to mention the first brain food are avocados, mm -hmm. right? So you're going to pretend that everyone listening, you're going to pretend like you're seven or eight years old. And children are such fast learners because they use their creativity and uh, and playfulness. And imagine what, we're getting a, like a hair conditioner using avocados or guacamole right. as a scalp conditioner, right? Right. And you don't have to see it for, you don't have to repeat it. Most people, when they want to learn something, they just repeat it over and over and over again, the name or the whatever they need to. But if you could see it, hear it and feel it, that there's some mm -hmm. kind of emotion, yeah, then you're more likely to remember it. Got so it. we'll go through this quick. The second place is what? Nose. Nose. And the second brain food are blueberries. Mm -hmm. I like to call them brain berries. So just imagine blueberries coming out of your nose. Mm -hmm. What would that feel like? What would that smell like? Berries are, have, are full of antioxidants, very neuroprotective. Third place is your mouth. mouth. And 
uh, let's say the uh, third brain food is broccoli. So imagine, you ever have broccoli stuck in your teeth? Yeah. It's so embarrassing. So imagine though, just exaggerate a little bit. So maybe you have a lot of broccoli stuck in your teeth. Yeah. And you could kind of taste it and you could kind of feel it. And it's a little bit like, you know, distracting, but it's there. All right. The fourth place ears. are your ears. And I want everyone to remember olive oil. It's okay. good for the brain. And it's a, it's a, it's a healthy oil. We, we hear a lot about the Mediterranean diet. And... Uh, so just olive oil. So you can imagine olive earrings or imagine cleaning your kid's ears with olive oil. Mm -hmm. Something that would just never, you know, but yeah. it's just, yeah. Number five is throat. your throat. And uh, if your diet allows, and everyone, I'm going to remind everyone, I'm, I'm not a nutritionist. I'm just talking about the the research, but everyone's bio-individual. Some people are allergic to certain foods, but and everyone's diet's different. But eggs, the choline in eggs is... Uh, Precursor to acetylcholine, which is really good for cognitive health. So imagine like a hard-boiled egg stuck in your throat, mm -hmm. you know, and it's just, what would that taste like? What would that feel like? And you just have to imagine it. And if you can't imagine it, just imagine that you you can imagine it, All right? Six are shoulders. shoulders, and these are green leafy vegetables. So imagine shoulder pads made out of kale and spinach. Yeah. So you kind of look to your left and right, kale and spinach. Good. And you just kind of feel it there. Seven is your collar. Um, so fatty fishes from clean sources. And it's tough with sometimes with seafood. But if your diet allows, it would be like wild salmon, and sardines, maybe a necklace made out of salmon sushi. Mm -hmm. And what would that feel? Maybe it's a week old. What would that smell like? <laughs> and that's the thing. Because then if you make it kind of silly and emotional, the key to a long-term memory is information is by itself is forgettable, but information tied with emotion becomes unforgettable. Yes. You know, part of your middle brain, and I'm specifically distracting some people from their you know, memory exercise, is um, you have your your hippocampus, which looks like a seahorse in your middle brain, and that's uh, the foundation for memory. And that's connected to an almond-shaped part of your brain called your amygdala, you know, and so a lot of emotions are processed there, but they're connected. So just to notice memory and emotions are connected. But most time we, when we're learning something in school, the emotion most people feel sitting in classes is boredom. Yeah. Right. And you wonder information times emotion, if the emotion's boredom on a scale of zero to 10, that's zero. But anything times zero is zero. Yeah. So you wonder why you forgot the periodic table or the things we learned back right. in school. It's like the things I can remember from school is when, you know, there was a song about right. the states or it was something fun yeah. as a little kid that at 40 is still in my brain today. Yeah, and it and it activates more of your nervous system and we learn really well through through music and we could talk about that and you know the reason why. But going back to the this these amazing brain foods, we are we went from this to swim with the seven. Mm -hmm. Eight are our fingers. fingers and um I'll throw in because there are many brain foods, turmeric. Yep. So the, the curcumin is anti-inflammatory, uh, good for your body and your brain's part of your body. But imagine turmeric, that golden powder stuck on mm -hmm. your fingers. You just can't wash it off. Yeah. Great. Um, nine is your belly. And I'm going to say the next one are walnuts. Yeah. High in vitamin E, neuroprotective. And just imagine somebody, I don't know, you're just walking around and somebody's eating walnuts out of their belly button. Something that's kind of... You you would never forget that. Yeah. You would remember it five years from now, yeah. right? So just associate walnuts to belly button. And finally, 10 is your bottom uh, dark chocolate. <laughs> People don't have to share. They could kind of keep it in, in their own mind. Right. But um, generally, and dark chocolate, not milk chocolate, not high sugar. Yeah. But um, 
generally things that are good for your mood or is going to be good for your mind. Mm. And that's one of my favorites. So now we're walking around the, the market and the, the grocery store and you didn't even need to write a grocery list because you have it inside. Yeah. And you just go down your body and it's a wonderful exercise. So on the top of your head, the first brain food is avocados. avocados. And then coming out of your nose, everyone, blueberries. blueberries. And you could say it out loud, everyone who's listening. Uh, number uh, three, in, in your mouth, broccoli. broccoli and stuck in your teeth. And you're cleaning your ears olive with oil. olive oil. And your throat, you eggs. have eggs. Wow, you're it's really super bad. Six are your shoulders. Leafy greens. Yeah, your leafy greens. And then your collar, you have your fatty fish. Your fingers are covered with turmeric. Turmeric. And your belly button. Has walnuts. Yeah. And then finally your bottom. Dark chocolate. Yeah. And then most people, I think, you know, could do it with a little bit of practice and they could probably even do it backwards. Yeah. You know, so this is an example and it takes much more time for us to explain it on a yeah. podcast than it has just to picture it. Yes. Right. And in this technique, I use it to train a lot of people down the street here at studios uh, to memorize lines. Mm-hmm. Uh teach actors how to speed read scripts, memorize lines, to train a lot of TED speakers, some of the top TED speakers, how to memorize their TED talk. Uh, because you could use this memory palace or mind palace because you could go through your kitchen, at, let's say going clockwise, and you could take five places. And I'm just going to do this theoretically. But if you're going, imagine you're in your kitchen and the first place, let's say, is your microwave. And then going clockwise from there is your stovetop. And then from there, your refrigerator. And from there, dishwasher. And from there, the fifth place, the sink. And so if you had to give a talk, let's say it had five points. Yes. Or if you need to go to another room, you could do the living room. You could say the fireplace, bookshelf. You could go and do another 10, you know, another five to make 10. You could put what you want to remember in the form of an image and place it there. So let's say we want to talk about the top 10 things you wanted to do for better brain. Yeah. We know about one third of your brain's potential is predetermined by genetics and biology, but two thirds remarkably is in your control. It's your lifestyle. So let's say the first thing that you want to talk about in your TEDx talk is brain foods. So you can imagine all these brain foods we just talked about in that first place in the microwave. Yeah. And then the second thing that's good for your brain is killing ants. And I got this from uh, our friend, Dr. Daniel Amen. Dr. Amen, yeah. Yeah, automatic negative thoughts. So imagine killing ants on the stovetop. You're just roasting those ants. You would never do that, but you would never forget it. And then you go to the refrigerator and the third key for a better brain is exercise. So imagine, because when you exercise, you create brain-derived neurotropic factors, BDNF, which is like fertilizer for learning and neuroplasticity. You also lower systemic inflammation. You create dopamine, serotonin, endorphins. I mean, exercise is so good for your brain because as your body moves, your brain grows. So imagine you open the refrigerator and inside you're just exercising or your yeah. personal trainer's there. You're doing the Pilates, the soul whatever you're excited about. And then you go to the dishwasher and another key having a better brain that we talk about, which is new in the book, are nootropics, you know, certain brain supplements, because if you're not getting it from your diet, uh, maybe do a nutrient profile. And if you're if you're low in vitamin D or omega-3s, your brain's just not going to function as well. So imagine all those brain nutrients in the dishwasher. And then finally, the sink is uh, the fifth key to a limitless brain is a positive peer group. Because who we spend time with, as we know, is who we become. Because we have something called mirror neurons. We're constantly imitating the people around us. 
right? It changes the words we use. I say watch, W-A-T-C-H. And I, yes, I know I have a lot of acronyms. <laughs> the W is we tend to imitate the words, actions, thoughts, character, and habits of the people around us. So watch those things and watch who you spend time with. But imagine a positive peer group and we're all doing the dishes together. And something simple. Yeah. And that's the first five points to your speech. Because yeah. obviously, if you're giving a speech, you know what these things are. You just need to remember the order. Yeah. Right? And then you can go into the next room and do the next five. Yeah. You know, and it's just such an easy way. And it gives you confidence. You know, my two biggest challenges growing up were learning. And because of it, I never knew the answers. So public speaking was, I was terrified of public speaking. And life has a sense of humor because all I do is... right public speak on this thing called learning, you know, all, all the time. And that's, that's really our, our mission. But yeah, so I'm hoping this is an example for people that they still remember the brain foods. Yeah. Even now, the yeah, avocados, like, okay, blueberries, yeah. and it just opens up possibility of exactly what you were, you were talking about, that if people could do something they didn't think they could do and, uh, and they go teach it to someone, you know, teach it to your family. What did you learn on, on today's podcast episode? You know, or post post it online and share your your ten and 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 tag us in there and and and, and you know, and then we'll celebrate you. You have so many clients that are yeah. high profile, and I'm curious how you took your skill set that you were learning for yourself to heal yourself and to to gain this knowledge. Yeah. How did that translate into a career for you? Because, like you said, you're like I'm a brain coach, which is something I didn't know existed. Right. I don't know anyone else. That's I mean, Dr. Coach. Amen is obsessed with the brain as right. well, but like anyone who actually is coaching clients on how to use this in a better way. How right. did that happen? Yeah, my my two things that I'm passionate about because of the education that I was challenged with, and then my genetics with uh, with you know brain aging challenges so the two things i focus on are those two things you know learning teach something called meta learning learning how to learn learning how to focus remember mm -hmm. think all this read faster um, and then brain health and optimization uh, because the learning part is the software and your brain is the the hardware and you need both to really work out and the thing is is most people upgrade all the other technology they get the new phone they get the, the upgrades on the apps and the devices. But when's the last time we took time to upgrade the thing that, you know, controls everything, which is which is our brain. So when I was, wow, I haven't shared this before. Okay, so. Oh, I love when someone uh, <laughs> Because nobody asked me how I started my career because it's just, yeah. So my inspiration was my desperation. I had these challenges and I feel, I really feel wholeheartedly that the person we're best suited to help is the person we once were. Amen. Right? Like, Amen. And that was that kid that was fearful and shy and had a lot of doubt and insecurities and slow learner, broken brain. I want to help people who can identify with, with those kind of challenges and, uh, and be an example. Because I think the life we live are the lessons we teach, right? And so when I was 18, I mentioned I met this mentor because I was ready to quit school. Because I thought being a freshman... I can make a fresh start. So I took all these classes at a local, you know, uh, university, and I did worse. And I was like, "Wow!" So I, I didn't even have the money to be in school. And I have two younger siblings. I want to be a good example, but I had so much pressure, and but I didn't want to waste the money that my family didn't have. And so my my friend was like, "Hey, before you tell your family you're going to quit school, that's a big decision. I'm going home this weekend to." you see my family, why don't you come with and just get some perspective? And I find, Rachel, that 
you know, when we're stuck in a situation, sometimes a change of place or change of people gives you a new point of view. Absolutely. You know, when you're stuck, right? And so I go and the family's pretty well off and has a beautiful place on the water. And the father walks me around his property and says a very innocent question, which is the worst question you could ask me, house cool. And I just break down because I'm holding all this in, right? I'm 18 years old and I just start bawling in front of this complete stranger. (laughs) And I was telling my whole story about broken brain, ready to quit. And he's like, well, why are you in school? And nobody's ever asked me that before. Like I just, we assume, you know, that's what you do, right? You do that and you get your job and you do this this track. And I didn't have an answer. And then he primed me more and I start to answer and he grabs out a piece of paper and makes me write down like all my dreams. Right? I've never seen them outside of myself and I didn't even think about that. And when I start folding the sheets to put in my pocket, he rips them out of my hand and starts reading them. So now I'm like really concerned because there's a, someone who's obviously doing pretty well for themselves, complete stranger, looking at my goals that I haven't shared with anybody and just kind of realizing some of them myself because you don't want to be judged and yeah. everything. And, and so he looks at me after when he's done and says, you are this close to everything on this list, Jim. And he spreads his index fingers like a foot apart. And then he puts them to the side of my head. Because I'm thinking there's no way. Give me 10 lifetimes, I'm not going to crack that list. But you know, when he puts his fingers to my side of my head, I was like, okay, my brain is, is that important. And then he mentors me, shows me these books, encourages me to do it. But I eventually, I couldn't even keep up with my schoolwork. So back at school, I have a pile of books sitting on my desk that I have to read for midterms and a pile of books I promised to read that he gave me. Very early personal growth books and you know biographies of women and men in history that are you know inspiring. And so I, don't, I can't really can't get through A. And so what do I do? I don't eat, I don't sleep, I don't work out, I don't socialize, I don't do anything. I just live in the library. And I end up passing out two o'clock in the morning one night out of sheer exhaustion I, and I fall down a flight of stairs. I hit my head again and I get rushed. To, I woke up in the emergency room two days later. And at this point, I'm down to 117 pounds and I'm hooked up to all these IVs. I'm very malnourished, dehydrated, and I thought I died. And the nurse came in with a mug of tea that had a picture of Albert Einstein on it. And, you know, he had learning difficulties too, if you look at his history, because that was one of the books that, that I read. But there was a quote that said, the same level of thinking that has created your problem won't solve your problem. And it made me ask a new question. And I find it's really important to ask ourselves new questions and better quality questions to shine a spotlight on, you know, potentially better answers. And I was like, well, my problem is I'm a very slow learner. I have a broken brain. And then I asked a new question. How do I think different? Maybe I could fix my brain. Maybe I can learn how to learn faster. And so I put my studies aside and I just start studying, you know, uh, everything from the newest and even what I do today. All, everything I teach is based on latest neuroscience and adult learning theory and so on, and ancient wisdom. You know, going back, I want to know what ancient civilizations did to, you know, to hone their brain. And after I started studying, about two months, a light switch flipped on, and I just started to understand things for the first time. My grades shot up, but I couldn't help help other people. So to answer your question, I want to help other people. Like I'm more of an elephant owl kind of uh, mix in the in the brain quiz. And elephants are highly empathetic because they've been through so much, you know? And so I used to like see suffering in the classroom because I could feel it, right? And uh, hopefully it makes me a good coach when I'm working with people. 
but um, I wanted to help other people that are struggling. And so it's like my moral imperative, like shame on me if I could help people that are suffering the way I did, right? So I found, this is how I started. I found a classroom that wasn't being used one night and I said, okay, next week, same time, I'm gonna put five or 10 people in there and then teach them for free. And maybe afterwards one or two of them wanna be tutored and I could start this, right? And I go back to my dorm room, I take out a, you know, a piece of paper, take a marker, and I, this is my first marketing. Free speed reading, memory class, get better grades, less time, Thursday, 7 p.m. and the room number, right? The next morning, I just make some photocopies and distribute them on bulletin boards around campus. Not a lot. And then fast forward to Thursday, the following week, I'm going to the classroom, you know, it's almost seven o'clock. And I, I am just like, I hope just five people show up, right? Just five people think this is valuable. And I turn the corner and there's just crowd of people outside the door, crowd. And my brain says, wow, I hope whatever's going on ends soon so I could do my thing, right? Yeah. And because you can't, if you don't believe it, you're not going to see it, right? Because that's how powerful your beliefs are. And I can't even get in because there's this tall guy in the doorway and I tap him on, I was like, what's going on inside? And he looks at me and he's like, there's a speed reading class. And honest to God, I say, wow, Someone what a coincidence. Me to it. <laughs> right, I was like, what a coincidence. What are the odds? The same night, the same room, the same time, there's another speed reading class. So I go in to see you know, what, what they're teaching and the room is packed. Every, every seat is taken, people standing in the back and there's no one instructing. And it takes my slow brain all that the time to realize why they're there and who they're there for, right? And I do a head count and instead of five or 10 people, there's 110 people. Wow. Now I'm 18 years old. I look really young. I'm, I wear t-shirts and shorts, nothing prepared to talk about because I was just going to have a conversation about what was working. And, and I'm phobic of public speaking. Yes. I've never done it in my life, right? I would do a book report even on Albert Einstein to, to pass, uh, you know, because I was, I was failing high school English and they brought my parents in and gave me this book report to do. But when she asked me to speak on it, I was so surprised that I lied to her and I said I didn't do it, even though, you know, I spent all these weeks working on it. And I remember on the way out, I tossed it into the garbage. You know, that's how phobic I was. So I'm freaking out in that classroom. My heart's beating out of my chest. Even talking about it, my mouth is getting dry. And so I leave. Yeah, I just, no. I just totally just, I couldn't, I, cause I can't even talk. And there are these, there's a fountain outside cause I can't even go back to my dorm room because, you know, my friends will make fun of me or whatever. So I'm just like meditating, trying to get a grip. And when I'm meditating, I hear this voice inside my head and it's my mom's. And I won't tell you exactly what she said, but the essence was a hundred people came out. You promised to do this for them. You're disappointing them you're, and you're disappointing me kind of message. And I'm doing this walking meditation back to my dorm room and I stop and I take one step back to the classroom. And that's why I say one step in another direction totally changes your destination. Because if I didn't do that, I wouldn't be here with you today. Mm. And I go back to the classroom and I, uh, there's, this, there's this movie uh, with Matt Damon. I didn't watch it, but I saw parts of it. But there's a quote, it was, uh, we, we bought a zoo or something. Yeah. And it's actually it's, a very cute yeah, movie. It's something about like like 20 seconds of just Of extreme bold, courage. Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, wow. So I go back and I don't even know, Rachel, what I talked about. I don't know if you've ever been on like speaking and it just flows through you. Yes. 
But at the end, I came out of this trance. I was like, well, I don't know if I could help all of you, but I just need about 10 hours to teach you what's working for me, to read faster, to focus, or remember what you're studying. And I, I said, like, I get $30 an hour. And if you're interested, I'll be in the student center tomorrow at noon to answer your questions. I swear, 100 people stand up and they all leave. Not one person talks to me afterwards. So now it's like past 10 p.m. at night and I am totally confused and I'm exhausted. If you ever did something you never thought you could do and you yes. hold that angst every single the day. emotional yeah. exhaustion, yeah. Mentally, physically, spiritually. And I end up falling asleep on the carpet in that classroom. Um, probably the best sleep I've had in my life. And I get woken up by the class coming in the next morning and which is really frightening. <laughs> and I, I run back to my dorm room, shower, go to breakfast, go to class. 12 o'clock comes, I was like, oh, I'll, I promise to be there. And I'm going running late to the student center, hoping one person shows up and is interested in what I was doing. And when I show up, that same crowd of people are there. And at the end of 90 minutes, two hours at the most, 71 kids signed up for programs that didn't even exist. Oh my gosh. At, and I didn't even do the math because 10 hours times $30 an hour, $300. Because I didn't even realize kids could go to an ATM machine and take out $300 because I didn't have that uh, ATM course. machine. So now I'm not even 19 years old. God, I know, I know I never share this. I'm not even 19 years old and I have $21,000 yeah. in, my, in my pockets and in my book bag. And going back to my mentor, you know, he quoted me when I was talking about school getting in the way and I can't read all the books he's asking me to read, uh, the Mark Twain quote, don't let school get in the way of your education. Yes. Right? And I remember those words and I use all that money to invest into this new education. Mm -hmm. And I travel the world, I buy every audio cassette, buy every book, uh, train with the world's best and accelerated learning, speed reading, memory. And to the, the bow on this was one of those 71 kids she was a freshman. She read 30 books in 30 days. I remember and this yeah, story. and she ended up, the books were on health and wellness and alternative medicine. She ended up saving her mom's life of terminal cancer. And when I heard that, you know, I realized that if knowledge is power, learning is our superpower. And it's a superpower we all have. And I also realized that um, I, re I realized my mission. You know, growing up as the boy with the broken brain, I want to build better, brighter brains. No brain left behind. Yeah. yeah. I want to show people what they're really capable of. I love the story. I mean, I love getting to hear that story as someone who's followed your career for a really long time. So thank you. Thank you. But I also love it for the audience because I think it's such a beautiful reminder of, in a lot of ways, the work that you're doing, not the type of work that you're doing, but how you're doing it is very similar to my own path mm. in that I am only ever sharing the things I've learned by encountering problems in my own life and then trying to find solutions for them mm. and then sharing those solutions with my audience. And what I love is that you experience what I experience, which is that the audience then makes it their own. Yeah. They turn it into something completely different. We have a community that have a journal that's all about writing gratitude and then laying your goals, writing them down every day, every day. It's a mm. focus exercise. And last night I was going through the hashtag, which has existed for years of people who do this practice. And I was looking at, we call it a dream catcher when you actually achieve a goal. So I was looking at members of our community who caught their dreams. And what's so beautiful is it's 
wildly different dreams. I saw a woman who ran her first marathon. I saw a woman who finally bought her first brand new car for the first time in her adult life. I saw a woman who remodeled, bought an old like rundown house. And then over several years, her husband and her had turned it around and like made it this beautiful thing. And I love that story for the audience and your story. You had this in college, you sort of stepped into, you didn't know what it was going to be. Like you didn't, it was just like, I'm going to try this. And then you had someone also in college who used that to go on a health journey to help her mom with this illness that she had. That's not even something you would have fathomed. And man, if you're listening to this and you're not inspired by the idea that whatever your journey is, whatever your path is, that you can help people in ways you can't even imagine, like... Man, that pumps me up. Yeah, That's yeah, so yeah, cool. yeah. You have a call glow on you. I got goosebumps. I call them, I call them truth bumps. When it's like it really resonates. Yeah. I am such a geek for any sort of thing that helps me to learn in a better way. Yeah. I was actually thinking about this as I was on my walk this morning of if you listened to my show a year ago, two years ago, if you read a book I wrote four years ago. I'm, it's all, everything is different perspective. It's all, cause I am, growth is my number one core value in life yeah. is like, how do I change and evolve and learn? And I'm curious because you're such an expert on this. Are there things that you think that the average person is doing that they don't understand is drastically hurting their ability to learn or hurting yeah. their brain beyond like nutritionally, not moving your body every day? Are right. there things that you're like, the number one thing I'm seeing right now is this, that the audience might not have thought of is is prohibiting their growth. Oh, goodness. So I, I believe that, the, that there are three areas of control, right? And the goal is you control what you can control, right? Control the controllables. And so the answer would have to fall in one of three areas. And so I call it the limitless model in the book. It's your mindset, your motivation, and the method you're using. Mindset, motivation, and method. Right. Okay. So people imagine a Venn diagram, like three intersecting circles, kind of like Mickey Mouse, like the two ears intersecting and the face. Those are the three keys. So limitless is not about being perfect. It's just about advancing and progressing and growing beyond what you believe is possible, right? So the opposite is that of that is being stuck. So I want our listeners to think about an area of your life where you feel stuck. You're not getting that growth. You're not advancing. And maybe it's in your finances, your level of impact, your health, your learning, your, your reading speed, whatever it happens to be. So there, that box is three-dimensional, right? And so the three forces that contain that box are the same three forces that will liberate you out of that box, which are mindset, motivation, and methods, right? So I put everything in there. And also there's a crossover where, where mindset and motivation crossover, you have inspiration, right? It changes your mindset and you're, and you're kind of motivated. Where, my, where mindset and methods cross over, you have ideation. I'm going to make them all eyes because it's your mindset you believe is possible and you know what to do, but you're not, you don't have the motivation. So it's just ideation. And then where motivation crosses over with methods, you have the third eye, which is implementation. You're motivated and you know what to do, the methods, but you could still be contained in that box because you're only going to be able to be motivated and create as much as your mindset allows and you're missing the mindset. So for, I would say if I was to offer three things that people could focus on, there's a quote in Limitless. It starts out with with a French philosopher and he says, life is the letter C between the letters B and D. 
where B stands for birth, D stands for death, life C, choice. That our lives are the sum total of all the choices we've made up to this point, good, bad, or indifferent. Where are we going to live? You know, what are we going to do? Who are we going to spend time with? All that stuff. And I believe that these difficult times, they could distract you. These difficult times can diminish you. Or these difficult times, they could develop you, right? We, we always decide with our choices. So I would say the first choice is our mindset, the set of assumptions and attitudes we have about something, right? Just earlier, someone said, you know, I have a horrible memory. I said, don't fight for your limitations because you'll get to keep them. But our brain is this incredible supercomputer and our self-talk is a program it will run. So if you tell yourself, I'm not good at remembering people's names, you won't remember the name of the next person you meet because you program your supercomputer not to. So I would just say the first thing is just, I think we're in trance, not only from media and marketing saying that we're broken or we have to, you know, be in this feared state all the time, but also from self-hypnosis. You know, we put ourselves, you know, they say the two most powerful words are I am. Yeah. Because whatever you put after that, right? And I think we also say like, oh, I have a horrible memory. Or let's say if you find yourself saying, I don't have a great memory, just add a little word like yet, mm -hmm. right? Because if people truly understood, so they answer your question, what's detrimental, sometimes could be our disempowering self-talk, right? And so if people find themselves, if people truly understood how powerful their mind is, they probably wouldn't say or think something they didn't want to be true. And that's not to say you have one negative thought and ruins your life any more than eating that donut will ruin your life. But if you ate that donut dozens of times a day, every single day, You're there would be an effect, right? Yeah. Same thing with our thoughts. Cause, and you want to nourish because what you nourish flourishes, right? You know, especially when it comes to our mind and our mental health. So I would just say audit our self-talk because if you think you can or think you can, either way you're right, right? Henry Ford said that. But just like even when you say, add the word yet, like I'm not a great reader yet, I don't have great focus yet. It just opens up the possibility and the potential. I would also say on the other side, you know, when it comes to our words, like even when you say, if, if we find ourselves saying, oh, I got to pick up the kids today, I got to meditate, I got to work out, I got to, you know, if you change the word got to get, mm -hmm. oh my goodness, what a different feeling that it Absolutely. feels. I get to pick up the kids today. I, I get to work out. I get to take some time to myself, 10 minutes to meditate. It just feels different. So I would just, I would say, watch the, the negative self-talk, those ants. The second thing going to motivation, motivation for me is not something you have, it's something you do. I think one of the first principles that I talk about in Limitless, the expanded version is train ourselves to take the, the nouns, turn them into verbs. And what I mean by that is sometimes going back to detrimental things to our potential, sometimes um, when we say, I don't have focus, I don't have a good memory, I don't have energy. These are not things you have. They're not nouns or things you do. You don't have energy. You do, you generate That's energy. So good. You don't That's have so focus. Good. There's a process for focusing. You don't even have a memory. There's a three-step process for remembering something. You encode it, store it, and retrieve it. So you, it's not like you have to wake up and just say, oh, I hope I have creativity so I can make those videos and write that book. You don't have creativity. You do it. Yeah. There's a process. So I would say with motivation, you don't have motivation. You do it. It's and there's so a process. good. I'm so glad you're saying this because I do feel like this is a huge detriment of social media is that all of a sudden, you know, since 2011, we've had access to what other people's life, what other people's yeah. process, what other people's finish line looks like. And we see it and we make up stories in our own mind about how that is possible. Yeah. And so you just 
oh, I'm not wired like her, or I don't work like that, or that's something that Jim has, but that's not something that Mm. I can do. And it really limits us so very much from trying anything when the more that I grow and learn and evolve in every way, the more I understand that it's all, they're all skills to acquire. Nobody gives birth to a baby and they're like, wow, look at the memory on this one. Or, oh, congratulations, you have an entrepreneur. Like nobody gives birth to a fully formed thing. You have to work at it and you have to learn. And if you keep looking at other people's highlight reel, you'll never understand the nuance that went into acquiring that information. So I love that you're saying that because I hope people are really grasping that today. It's all learned. Knowing how to develop a habit to move your body every single day, learning about nutrition, being an entrepreneur, speaking on stage, writing a book, it's all learned behavior. And as you were talking, I was thinking about, you were saying, oh, you know, I hope I have the creativity to make these videos. I don't know why I have always just had this belief, but I have this belief that has served me so well, which is I never run out of ideas. I literally wow. don't. People ask me all the time, like, what do you do when you you know, get stuck, when you don't know what to talk about on the podcast? Or what do you do when you have writer's block? What do you do? And I'm like, I, lit- I don't have that. I, I mean, Jack can tell you, I produce more content. I just don't. I don't run yeah. out of ideas. And now certainly that's got to be just a mindset. I'm not sure why yeah. I have it, but it has served me so well. And I would challenge anyone to look at how much content I produce and have produced for a decade with that ideology. But it was just that belief system like, oh, no, there's a billion ideas floating around in the ether and I just have to grasp them and, you know, make manifest what I think up. So it's like whatever is in your life that you're trying to pursue, if you could just flip the mindset of Mm -hmm. believing that anything is possible for you in that area— And then start acting on that belief. Confidence loves competence. But the only way you're going to get that competence is like you have to actually take action against the goal. I love that. Yeah. When somebody does something extraordinary, like they're amazing at, they've they've written a dozen books and they're very prolific and done 500 plus episodes and all this content. There, There is, the components are, there's some mindset, combination of mindset, motivation and methods to produce that kind of result. You know, and so when I'm coaching a client, I'm looking at those three areas and I want to shine a spotlight on the area that that is, could be a potential bottleneck, right? Because you could have the great mindset and still be stuck in that box if you're not motivated to get out of that box. Or you could have a limitless mindset. And mindset for me is a set of assumptions and attitudes you have about something. So if somebody has a mindset that, let's say, money is the root of all evil or whatever, they're not going to use the methods to be able to make that money. Right. And so it's it. And then also somebody have the mindset and the motivation and still be stuck in that box because they don't know what to do or they're using old methods, you know, that don't really apply for today. How do you know if you're using old methods? So like um, it could be old methods of marketing, old methods for getting healthy because it's based on just old information, you know. And for my case, like when I'm teaching people to learn better at any age or stage, let's say reading, right? When's the last time we updated our methods of reading? How old were we when we took our last class called reading? Six, seven. So the difficulty and demand has increased tremendously, 
right? But how we read it is the same as last we were trained, right? So that growing gap creates stress, information, anxiety, right? That's which is the term, higher blood pressure, compression of leisure time, more sleeplessness, you know, this whole ambit. And the challenge is like, what if we upgraded our reading skills to be able to meet that demand? But, you know, most people, see, we live in an age of autonomous electric cars, spaceships that are going to Mars, but our vehicle of choice often when it comes to our own learning is more like a horse and buggy, like yeah. a horse and carriage, because we haven't updated that as much, you know? So I really want to fill in in those gaps and show people really what they're they're capable of. Will you share the small, simple steps. I was yeah. telling you when you first got here that that was hugely impactful when yeah. I first read Limitless. And if anyone's listening and doesn't know this book, it's like the OG. We yeah. all read it when it came out. It's out again. It's expanded. You have new information. Yeah. And what I love about that book, Forever and Ever, it's on my shelf inside the house right now, is how much information is packed into yeah. it. You know, a lot of times with a nonfiction book, we sort of get what the author wanted to say in the first two chapters and they just keep talking mm -hmm. about it. This book is like all the charts, yeah. all the graphs, so much info. Yeah. So this particular thing that I would love for you to share was hugely impactful for me and I feel like the audience will dig it. Will you yeah, talk us through that? Yeah, let's do that. So this happens in the circle <laughs> of motivation, right? We already talked about mindset. So motivation for me is three things. It's the formula for limitless motivation for yourself. If you need to motivate yourself to do something or to stop something or motivate your kids to clean their room or floss their teeth or someone to buy, right? There are, there are three factors. You need P times E times S3, the letter P times E times S3. So we'll go through it, the first two very quick. P stands for purpose, right? And so let's say we know that exercise is good for your brain, but if that's not part of your routine and you haven't done it, Maybe uh, I saw I saw this person on, on the street the other day and I didn't recognize him, which is weird because I have a really good memory. But there was something that was very familiar about this person. And once he I heard his voice, I knew who it was, but he looked totally different. And the backstory is this person was very unhealthy, you know, very, very unhealthy. And he took pride in it, right? Eating what he was doing, smoking like doing that. And and I was like, wow, you, because now I see him and he looks 10 years younger, totally fit. He had this glow, you know, very youthful. And I was like, what, I have to ask, what happened? And he was yeah. telling me all the things he was doing. And I was like, we've been telling you for years, you know, we were doing interventions trying to get you to do these things and you didn't do any of it. He was like, yeah, but recently I came back from a, a you know, a, a business trip and my, my daughter was crying hysterically, had a nightmare that I died and this whole thing. And he found purpose. So that's what P is for me, is not intellectual. We all know the things we should do for the most part, but we're not doing it, right? Because common sense is not common practice, usually because we don't feel, because we're not logical, we're, we are more emotional. And so without an, a reason, you won't get the result. He found his reason. So I think purpose is important to have a reason that it's relevant to be able to be motivated to do that, but not intellectual, but emotionally. Then somebody can have a limitless purpose and still not be motivated because you realize if we were to build the person that's going to work out and eat and take care of the, do all the things, make those sales calls, whatever, they need purpose, but they also need E, which is energy. And, you know, I I mentioned that I have a ten month old and sleep has been a, a you know a, a luxury, on, yeah. And so if you haven't slept in three nights, you're not going to be very motivated to go to the gym, right? If you had a big processed meal and you're in a food coma, you're not going to be very motivated to let's say to study that day or to read, do your reading that day, right? So you have to optimize your energy. And that's why in the book we talk about 
sleep and the best brain foods and lowering stress that could leach energy. Now, let's say you have limitless purpose and limitless energy. You could still not be motivated because you lack the third thing, which is S3, small, simple steps, right? And this book is filled with small, simple steps because I have a quick start exercise like every two pages to build momentum, like a small, simple step once they learn something to do it, right? Because I realize that knowledge by itself at best is potential power. It becomes power when we apply it right? Because knowledge times action equals power. So I want to get people to do these small, simple steps because little by little, a little becomes a lot. You know, just like what you're illustrating, you know, that everything can be learned. So every professional was once an amateur, right? Every expert was once a beginner, right? Because that consistency compounds. Because if you're persistent, you could achieve it. But if you're consistent, you get to keep it, yes. right? <laughs> so that consistency is important. That's the small, simple steps. Now, because... Someone cannot be motivated because for the third reason, lack of purpose, lack of energy, is this thing is just too big. Like, oh, I want to create the next unicorn. I want to find the love of my life, my soulmate, and live happily ever after. Or I want the perfect, whatever. It's too big of a jump. And so a small, simple step, let's say exercise is what you're trying to get yourself motivated to do. Maybe you can't get yourself to exercise every day. A small, simple step, putting on your running shoes. Yes. You know, I just did a podcast episode. We have our podcast and we did, I was talking to a biological dentist and he was talking about oral hygiene, how it's good for, for brain health, right? And talking about the power of flossing. And, you know, we we're talking about kids flossing and maybe they don't floss their teeth, huge benefit, but maybe get them to floss one tooth is a small, simple step. Yeah. Because who's going to stop, right? And, you know, if people have seen pictures of me with Elon and Oprah, all these people, people always ask how we connected and we always bonded over books, you know, and because leaders are readers. You yep. have decades of experience. You put it into many books. Yep. People could sit down in a few days and read a book, one of your books. They could download decades of wisdom in a days. Exactly. Like, that's the best advantage ever. So most successful people, Warren Buffett's reading his 500 pages a day and Oprah's an avid, you know, book club, readers, everyone. But maybe you're not reading every day, right? That's too big of a jump. Small, simple step, open the book. Yeah. Read, read one Read one. I love when you yeah. say that. You're like, read one paragraph. Yeah. Nobody will stop at one paragraph. Exactly. But if you just do something little, it'll yeah. kickstart you into something more. Yeah, they call it the Zygarnik effect. There was, there was a psychologist in, in Europe that would go to this cafe and notice that the wait staff would remember most of the orders until they were delivered. And then they, they, they forgot them, right? Just kind of like when people cram and they put all the information in their head and they can't wait the next morning to take the test and then the information is like gone. But this, her last name was Zygarnik. But the idea here is if you start something, you're going to stay with it until you get the outcome, right? And so starting somewhere, because inch by inch, it's a cinch. Yard by yard, it's just, it's just way too hard. Mm. It's, it's just true. So how you find your small, simple step is a question I ask many times a day. Whenever I feel stalled or intimidated or confused, because confused mind doesn't do anything. Just like in your, if you have your business and your customer, if they're confused, you need to motivate them. You need to give them purpose. They need energy or resources or money. And then a small, simple step to take, right? To get commitment. And a small, simple step, this is how you find it. What is, this is the question, what is the tiniest action I could take right now that will give me progress towards this goal where I can't fail? I mean, just break that down. What is the tiniest action I could take now that will give me progress towards this goal, not further away, but it'll give me some progress where I can't fail, you know? And that's how you find your small, simple step. So I feel like sometimes if people feel stuck in that box, 
you know, doing something, even just one thing, even when they're done listening to this episode, just find one thing. Maybe you're going to focus on this brain food <laughs> or teach that list to somebody else, right? Or, you know, commit to working out or take the brain quiz or, you know, some, something, yeah. right? And I feel like uh, for every hour somebody spends learning something, I would challenge them to spend an hour putting it into play. I love this too, because it feels like the kind of thing that really helps shifting our identity of ourself. Yeah. It kind of goes back to that. I did something I didn't think I could do. And, you know, that idea that people like us do things like this, right? Yeah. So if there's something that listeners are pursuing, like you're trying to change your health, you're trying to start a business, you're trying to heal yourself from childhood trauma, ask yourself what the version of you five years from now, ask yeah. yourself what someone who is that thing would do. What's the small, simple step that they would do right now in yeah. this moment? And it could be as simple as like, I'm going to chug a glass of water because yeah. that person would be hydrated. But if you can start to do things that make you feel like, oh, I'm that kind of person, it really does start yeah. to shift the way that you think about yourself. And I feel like gives you that momentum that you need to keep going. Completely, I agree. Because you're, you're building a stack of evidence to support who you are or who you want to be. And I love that question, like you and you project five years from now, because I do that often in my mind. I do these mental experiments where I'll just say, even something like, what would somebody 10 times smarter than me do in this moment, right? It gets me out of myself. And um, so it's not like working hard or even asking a question, how do I make this more enjoyable? You know, the thing that I don't want to do right now, or how do I make this easier? You know, asking a different question, you, the brain primarily is trying to delete information because if we let everything in, we would go, go crazy, mad, yeah. right? We'd be overloaded. So what we pay attention to are things that are important to us, like our values, we mentioned, like growth or love or contribution, whatever your people hold dear. And so what I would say is know what's most important to you because sometimes the truth is sometimes we feel burnt out. Yes, because we're doing too much, but sometimes we feel burnt out because we're doing too little of the things that light us up. Exactly. The things that make us come alive, right? The things that nourish us also. And so knowing your values, like I ask myself this question all the time, it's like, what's most important to me, right? And I know my, know my values, maybe in a relationship, what's most important to me in my career, what's most important to me in my impact or whatever. And then I say, are my actions aligned, you know, with, with those values today? Because I know if they're not, then I'm not going to be, I'll be busy, but I won't be really happy and fulfilled, yeah. you know, at the same time. And I think, I think a lot of us struggle with that. Yeah. Yeah. Jim, this has been an incredible conversation. Yeah. And I feel like I could talk to you about this stuff for nine hours. So you'll have to yes. definitely come back to the show. But I want to make sure you tell people where they can get the the revised book, where they can yeah. find you online, like give them all the details. You're absolutely all the, the best. Thank you so much for, for everyone who listened to this conversation. Uh, the new book, Limitless Expanded, is considerably larger and more updated. It's about momentum. So it has all the gems of the original book on how to remember names and read faster. Uh, you can find it at limitlessbook.com and you get a bunch of bonuses for going there and some speed reading memory training as my gift, as a thank you for supporting the book. You know, we're giving away the author proceeds to charity. So no one, you get your education, your brain is better. A child that gets an education and somebody's brain is better also as well. And the brain quiz at mybrainanimal.com. I would challenge everyone to post what their animal is because you'll get this art that we created. You could post it and then tag Rachel, tag myself so we get to see it. 
And I'll repost some of our favorites and gift out a couple of signed copies to your community just as, as a thank you. And our social media is just at Jim Quick everywhere, K-W-I-K. But I, I want I want to thank you for this. This has been such a fun. I like I feel like energized. Good, you know? good. And That's so what we is, always hope for. Yeah, because I, I really believe that there's going back to that future self because I'm experimenting with this. Because I always wanted, like at first when I was doing my work, I want to make my parents proud, right? That was the impetus for me to help them do things that they would never do for themselves or couldn't do, you know. And then you know I'm also thinking about you know my my son and and updating the book because now I'm you know, in my fifties and having a child and I want the next generation, you know, to be prepared also, also as well. But I also, somebody asked me the other day, like, who do you want to make proud? You know, a couple of people and, you know, parents or family or whatever. But now I'm thinking, I want to make that nine-year-old kid that was labeled broken. I want to make that kid proud. Mm. And I also, if I was to fast forward, like you were doing with that mental experiment going five, 10, I want to make the the ninety year old version of me proud too. Yeah, you know, and I and I just put that out there for people to listen to. Maybe they could experiment, and do the same, because there is a version of yourself that's patiently waiting, and the goal is we show up every single day for ourselves. You know, until we're introduced. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so cool. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you for the time. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble.